Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. People listening on radio and millions more on our podcast and God knows how many on our streaming. Maybe upwards of 20 million every night. You never know. Welcome to the program. Now, there's 150 people missing from that building collapse the other evening. Or I should say morning. 150 missing. And those magnificent first responders have been working morning, noon, and night. Morning, noon, and night. And they're very, very brave because things are still falling. It seems to me the least we can do for our fellow human beings and our fellow citizens is to provide them with the financial support they need for families and victims. And I want to remind you that you can go to the Chesed Fund. I'm told that's how to pronounce it. The ChesedFund.com. The C-H-E-S-E-D Fund.com. And uh, you can find the charity under the Featured Campaigns section. So you go to the Chesed Fund, T-H-E-C-H-E-S-E-D Fund.com. And then under the Featured Campaigns section, you can find the donation area. This is the building collapse in Surfside, Florida. You know, we all our minds, our imaginations, project ourselves into these situations, what would we do? Well, it would be horrible. be a horror of the first order. And so they need our help. Now, last night when we talked about it, they were at about $307,000. They're now over $800,000. And that's because of you. <laughs> Excuse me. That's because of you. They have a... A goal of a million dollars, and I think we can do that tonight on this Friday night. 
for many in the Jewish community, this is Shabbat. But in any event, uh, all kinds of people lived in that building, that condominium building, and you can see how horrific it is. So again, I just want to encourage you, there's now 150 missing. This time last night, there were 99 missing. And I suspect it's going to be a horrendous death toll. Just my guess. TheChesedFund.com. T-H-E-C-H-E-S-E-D Fund.com. Again, under the Featured Campaign section, you can find the, uh, the link to donate. Our family did, and I want to encourage you all to do the same thing. There's something you can do on this Friday to help your fellow human beings. I have never seen such a blatantly tyrannical, teetering on totalitarian regime as the Biden regime. And it is a regime. It's not an administration. How passive. No, it's an active regime. And they have uh, turned the Department of Justice, as the Democrats typically do, into a, an appendage of the Democrat Party and the radical wing the Marxist wing of the Democrat Party. Some of the most outrageous racists, outrageous anti-Semites appointed in this administration populate the Department of Justice. From the Associate Attorney General to the head of the Civil Rights Division and several others. It is appalling what's taking place here. And now they're, they're going to sue the state of Georgia. The legislature of Georgia, under a law that was passed in 1965, because they want you to believe that what's taking place here is an effort to repress, suppress, oppress, whatever, the black vote. In other words, Merrick Garland is a political hack doing the dirty work of the President of the United States, this sometime coherent Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Lunch Bucket Joe. Now this guy, Merrick Garland, was said to be a moderate when Obama nominated him to the United States Supreme Court. So you see how they lie. There's nothing moderate about this man. Just because he has long gray hair doesn't mean he's moderate means he's an unhinged radical with long gray hair. Frightening that this guy served on the second most powerful court in the country, the D.C. Court of Appeals. But he did. And he's wasted no time adopting the language of the anti-Semites and racists who serve under him and the man who appointed him, Joe Biden. The law that Georgia passed is a perfectly legitimate piece of reform legislation. They chose not to keep the same kind of processes that were in place during the pandemic. Moreover, they chose to make the decisions on behalf of the people of the state of Georgia, which is the job of the legislature as a whole, rather than individual mayors, individual judges of elections, the Board of Elections, and all the rest, which is their constitutional right. There's been no violation of the 1965 Civil Rights Act, but we shall see 
in the end what the United States Supreme Court does. But this is what you need to keep in mind. Merrick Garland, his real name is Merrick, but we will call him Unmerrick Garland, has already brought two local police forces under the control of the United States Department of Justice. Some people would think the local police forces should be taking the FBI under their control, given what the FBI's been up to the last half a decade, but let's move on. And so the way they talk like this is the Robert Kennedy Justice Department, and indeed if it was the Robert Kennedy Justice Department, which bugged Martin Luther King's hotel phones and has recordings that many people have read about and at some point will be released, That's not such a hot prospect either. But let's listen to what Garland had to say. Go ahead. Cuts nine. Go. Two weeks ago, I spoke about our country's history of expanding the right to vote. I noted that our progress on protecting voting rights, especially for black Americans and people of color, has never been steady. What is he talking about? I've told you before, under the first section of the Voting Rights Act of 1965, or the Civil Rights Act of 1965, if there's any individual in this country who believes that their vote was in any way hampered or obstructed and so forth, as a result of their race, they have standing automatically under that half a century old law, more than half a century old law, well, no, half a century old law, to bring a federal lawsuit. Our federal courts are not overwhelmed with these lawsuits because it doesn't happen. It almost never happens. This is an abuse of power by this attorney general, just as you heard the the brass at the Pentagon, what they were saying. They're all step in line. It's amazing. They resisted Reagan when he was president. They resisted Trump when he was president. With Biden and the hard left, they all clicked their heels and they marched right behind Go ahead. Moments of voting rights expansion have often been met with counter efforts to curb the franchise. Excuse me, sir. It wasn't voting rights expansion. There were voting changes made because of the virus. Now, you notice how thoroughly, comprehensively, fundamentally now their argument has changed. We need these drop boxes because of social distancing. We need to allow people to vote absentee ballot because of we don't want them congregating in any particular places. Certainly not voting precincts. And all those arguments out the window. All those arguments are now out the window because it's all about race. And the Department of Justice couldn't be happier. Here's the truth about America. You really have to look hard for systemic racism. And so they concoct it, they manufacture it, as they're doing here with the state of Georgia. Go ahead. And and by the way, before we go ahead, notice it's the Democrat states that can't count the vote. It's New York City that has to wait three weeks until they know who the Democrat Party nominee. It's New York State that tries to stop a Republican from winning a congressional district with repeated recounts. How does that expand the vote? They mean expand the Democrat Party's corruption. Go ahead. 
Among other things, I express concern about the dramatic rise in state legislative actions that will make it harder for millions of citizens to cast a vote that Folks, counts. to make it harder for millions of citizens to cast a vote, it doesn't mean you're making it hard for millions of citizens to cast a vote. Let me repeat this. To make it harder for people to vote doesn't mean you're making it hard for people to vote. It means you're trying to put rational policies in place to ensure the integrity of the franchise so other people aren't denied their rights because people are voting in ways they shouldn't. So basically, what's happening here is Merrick Garland is doing the bidding of Stacey Abrams. He's doing the bidding of the Democrat Party. He's doing the bidding of Democrat lawyers like Mark Elias. He's doing the bidding of Joe Biden. Nobody's prevented from voting. Since when is it so difficult to get a voter ID? It's not difficult in the least. 19 days of early voting. Wow, that's really suppressing the vote. Expanding the voting on the weekends in in Georgia. That's really suppressing the vote. This is just... Just outrageous. Go ahead. I explained that the Justice Department is rededicating its resources to enforcing federal law. No, they're not. They're rededicating their resources to try and ensure that the next election, the election thereafter, and every election in the future is won by the Democrat Party. That's what they're doing. It's no surprise that he makes this announcement literally 24 hours after the Democrats fail with their effort at a national takeover of the election procedures. This is just the second shoe to drop. So they couldn't get what they wanted legislatively, which is one-party rule and the dissolution of any opposition parties, especially the Republican Party. That they couldn't get Democrats elected in purple and red states as a matter of fact, that is, as a matter of routine. They couldn't get the legislation passed, so in comes Unmerit Garland, And Unmerrick Garland says, you know what, we're going to sue them under the 1965 Civil Rights Act. He waited. If they had won the vote in Congress, he would never have done this. Because he knows that the Democrats would have won the day. So he sat on it. Saw they lost the vote. Now he springs this. Go ahead. The franchise for all eligible voters. No, you're not. You're a fraud and a fink. Go ahead. I promised that we are scrutinizing new laws that seek to curb voter access and that where we see violations of federal law, we will act. This is frightening, where he sees violations of federal law. Really, the Department of Justice has become corrupt, intellectually corrupt. It is a whacked out, hard-left, ACLU-type operation. That's what it is. Filled with reprobates, miscreants, and malcontents who intend to use federal law to impose their will on the American people. Go ahead. In keeping that promise, today... Ah, shut up, you idiot. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. 
Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. So you listen to Unmerrick Garland. I'll take the Department of Justice Criminal Division more seriously. When it actually investigates media matters, Mr. Producer. This is an organization that has received, over the decades, tens of millions of dollars. Much of it dark money. Some of it known from Soros and his ilk. And the entire purpose of this organization is to push a big lie. You go to their website. It's highly political. It's highly partisan. It's all one way. Tax conservatives, tax republicans. You won't find a single criticism of a single media figure other than those who work at Fox, conservative talk radio, uh, and so forth. And yet this organization, or aspects of it, gets special tax privileges as a watchdog, as a media watchdog organization. And by not paying taxes, you, in effect, are subsidizing it. What is the purpose of this organization? And I can assure you that if there was a full criminal investigation matters, and if they deposed the people who have washed through that organization over the last decade or so, you would find coordination with Democrat Party elements, with certain media elements, with certain radical left-wing organizations, you would find it all. So I can't take the criminal division of the United States Justice Department seriously. I can't take the Internal Revenue Service and their auditing process seriously until at some point, one of them, or both of them, take a very close look at this very lousy organization. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. 
through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. You see, the Democrat Party and its foot soldiers like Garland and Biden and the rest... They seem to think it's a civil rights violation if you don't embrace their agenda. They seem to think it's a civil rights violation if they don't win every election. They project onto our society their demands. And if their demands are not enshrined within our society, then it's an unjust society, you see. Now, I would encourage all the attorneys general of the Republican states, please hear me. All the attorneys general of the Republican states to rally to the side of the Georgia legislature in the state of Georgia and sue the Federal Department of Justice for violating Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of the United States Constitution where the state legislatures make the election laws. Sue them under the Tenth Amendment, federalism. And sue them making their argument against them. That is, that it is the Democrat Party and the Biden administration, through the Department of Justice, that seeks to disenfranchise tens of thousands, potentially hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of individuals across the country with these iron-fisted intimidation tactics, trying to prevent states from holding fair, just, And may I say, equal elections. It's time for the Republican attorneys generals of this country to join forces. To help defend the state of Georgia and then to take it to the Biden administration and the Department of Justice. And as I said earlier, the timing of what unmerit Garland has done here is not a coincidence. And it's not lost on me, although it seems to be lost on everybody else with a camera and a microphone. And that is, he waited to see the outcome of the vote that the Democrats were pushing to nationalize our elections, to federalize our elections in every town and village and city and county in this nation. And when it failed, then he announces this lawsuit. Not during the debate, not before the debate. And so the politicization of this process, the abuse of the taxpayer dollars, The abuse of the 1965 Civil Rights Act, turning it on its head. And that 1965 Civil Rights Act was passed in part to stop the Democrat states from abusing black voters. And now they try to use the 1965 Civil Rights Act to abuse all voters all across this country. And of course they do it in the name 
of black people. Their tyrannical schemes always in the name of somebody else. But tyranny is tyranny and it cannot hide. Lady Justice, well, birthing person justice must be pretty pissed off about now. And I want you to think about something. The abuse of law, the abuse of investigative power, the abuse of prosecution. It was announced literally 30 minutes ago that the elderly gentleman who was the chief financial officer of these Trump businesses is likely to be indicted. And they want to indict him, not because they care about him. They want to threaten him. They want to crush him. They want to force him to make some kind of plea deal against President Trump. You saw how they did that with other individuals at the federal level, where they tried. Unbelievable. Democrat prosecutors, in both cases, elected Democrat prosecutors. You see what the Democrat bar and Democrat judges are doing to Rudy Giuliani, one of the great lawyers in this country, suspending his license because they don't like what he said about the election. Now think about that. The Democrat hack DA of Manhattan joined with the Democrat hack Attorney General of New York trying to take out Donald Trump, trying to prevent him from being the nominee should he wish to be. And if he wishes to be, he will be of the Republican Party in the next round. Trying to take out his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, trying to take out any Republican state that tries to improve the integrity of the vote pre Coronavirus, isn't it fascinating? Nobody ever brought a civil rights suit, a 1965 civil rights slash voting rights act suit against the state of Georgia before the coronavirus. And yet it changed its laws after the virus to even make them more liberal. So that must be evidence, you see, of suppression. The problem is the judges. Which judge will get the case at the district court level? Then which panel will be chosen? Randomly, of course, at the circuit court level. And it gets to the Supreme Court. What will the three Trump judges do? Well, two of them have been an enormous disappointment. Really terrible. Then we have Hollywood John Roberts, the Chief Justice of the United States. What will he do? Well, it's he, among others, who opened the floodgates to local, county, and state prosecutors going after presidents of the United States. We will rue the day. And it is my dearest hope, Media Matters, write this down, you putzes. It is my dearest hope that there are local, county, and state investigators and prosecutors looking deeply at the connection between Hunter Biden and his myriad, myriad acts of criminality or would-be criminality, and the language and the ties and emails and other place to old dad, big dummy Joe. And then maybe we'll have some local grand juries impaneled 
to take a good look at the President of the United States, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Why not? Why not? The Republicans are very bad at this. By now, there are at least 10 or 20 people calling for Trump's impeachment. About four months into his presidency, Mr. Producer. They're already drawing up articles of impeachment. For the Republicans, that word will never cross their lips. Impeachment. What does that mean? We have no idea what that means. I don't know. It's impeachment. And so the lawlessness continues. If you're a protester on January 6th, you've been tracked down. If you're a protester at the Portland courthouse, in the front door, out the back door. Lafayette Park, we don't even want to know your name. Certain protests are treated differently than others. Certain violent acts are treated differently than others. It's really quite shocking. But here we are. American Marxism. Let me go to John, San Diego, California, on the Mark Levin app. John, how are you, sir? Good. How you doing, Mark? I'm all right. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm, I was just going to ask you about the, um, you know, like the uh, Department of Justice. I guess they're planning to just try and tie that up in court so that the laws won't go in effect to keep the Democrats from stealing the 2020. This is actually a brilliant trying? point. This is a brilliant point. They'll try and draw this out and make it difficult for a, a legitimate reform, true reform-oriented piece of legislation passed by the state legislature in Georgia, signed by the governor of Georgia, to go into effect. You are exactly right. Very good, sir. Hey, I got one more thing I want to tell you. I'm a veteran, yeah. and um, I'm in this uh, anxiety-depression group on you know online. We're doing it online because of the COVID stuff, you know? Yeah. And, um, Anyway, there's there's this one black guy that always talks about white supremacy. Like every time, you know, we have our class, and I just brought up the point that, well, you know, they murdered that girl, the woman, the boyfriend, girlfriend, the Puerto Rican pride. All player. right, all right, all right, all right. I appreciate your service. I don't want to get into this stuff. This isn't some liberal talk show. This isn't CNN or MSNBC. This isn't Media Matters or Mediaite. The black guy shot the white guy, they shot this guy, and the Puerto Rican guy. Now we're talking like the American Marxist, quite frankly. Now we're talking like the American Marxist. Let's see. I have to, uh, all right, I have to take a break. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. 
This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mr. Producer, I want you to start with cut nine again, please. And folks, I want you to listen very, very carefully to this. Cut nine, go. Two weeks ago, I spoke about our country's history of expanding the right to vote. I noted that our progress on protecting voting rights, especially for black Americans and people of color, has never been steady. Moments of voting rights expansion have often been met with counter efforts to curb the franchise. Among other things, I express concern about the dramatic rise in state legislative actions that will make it. He has no concern about court actions in states, by unelected officials in states, by governors in states, because in every one of those cases, they're Democrats that were trying to counter the Republican state legislatures. Now, a couple more points about this. A couple more points about this. A state like Pennsylvania should look at an opportunity here to raise some of the issues that were raised earlier. That is, under the Voting Rights Act of 1965, but more plainly under Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, that there was a violation of state, excuse me, of the federal constitution and state legislative authority. I said all Republican state attorneys general should rally to Georgia's defense. Now there's several ways to look at this. First of all, and you folks can do this yourself, you can look at Massachusetts versus the Environmental Protection Agency. It was a bogus decision, a 5-4 decision. John Paul Stevens wrote the majority decision. It was an outrageous decision, but it gave standing to the state of Massachusetts to sue the EPA because Massachusetts basically argued, look, pollution doesn't know state lines, it crosses state lines. So what happens in New Hampshire or somewhere else affects us in Massachusetts. So of course we have standing to sue the EPA. And so they said, you know what you do? Which was a monumentally buffoonish decision, but nonetheless, it's not been overturned. It was done in order to advance the radical agenda of the degrowthers. And that is something that the Republican legislatures and state attorneys general can now rely on in joining Georgia. And here's my point. Georgia has made reforms to its voting system, actually liberalized it prior to the virus system that was in place. And that what happens in Georgia does affect other states. First of all, they're overlapping provisions. A lot of states that have passed laws or are passing laws are doing something similar to what Georgia has, like a voting ID requirement or something of that sort, which, of course, the Department of Justice will object to as clearly racist. Now, try to get into the Department of Justice today. You need more than a photo ID. You need an invitation. How do I know? Because I work there. And if you have 
a photo ID, and I don't mean a utility bill. I mean a photo ID of the sort that is, has to be accepted, you know, for driving and so forth, and an invitation. And then you get to put a chain around your neck. Did I say a chain around your neck? With a pass. Typically, the passes are different colors. So they have quite a level of security there at the Department of Justice to make sure you are who you say you are. Quite the opposite when it comes to the vote, according to Unmerit Garland. But there are clearly overlapping pieces of legislation or laws in the various states that Garland and the rest will oppose. And you heard him say here, they're focusing on all state legislatures, not just Georgia, all of them. They're bringing a case against Georgia, but the goal here is to intimidate. That's what the goal is. To slow down, as the caller said before, to create muck in order to prevent these changes. And of course, another way is what we call amicus briefs, friend of the court briefs, where they can come together, these legislatures under the attorneys general, and bring their cases. So there's a number of ways to look at this and to do this. But he's not going to bring a single suit against a single Democrat official, a single Democrat state legislature. Because he could argue that under the 1965 Civil Rights Act, that is the Voting Rights Act, that what some of these states are doing by letting pretty much anybody vote with any kind of integrity into the system is decreasing the value of the vote for the individual, including the black community. Now, notice he doesn't say that. But a state legislature can say that. A Republican attorney general can make the point. And it's time to fight back. It's time to fight back. Because what's going on here is clear. That these entities have been politicized, that they cannot be trusted, uh, and that the, the long march of the Democrat Party and the... Let's be honest, the Democrat Party has created this Leviathan. It's created this bureaucracy. That's why they're so close to each other. That's why you won't find bureaucrats leaking on Democrats. Nobody's going to leak the tax returns of any any Democrat in Congress. Nobody's going to leak the tax returns of any liberal on the Supreme Court. It's not going to happen. They're safe. No problem. Well, we've reached a threshold. Hard cover copies, pre-orders of American Marxism, over 140,000. When you add e-books and audio, we're now well over 100,000. 50,000 pre-orders of American Marxism. And I want to thank this loyal, patriotic, massive audience. Because a movement is brewing, a movement is starting, and we are going to embrace it, and we are going to help advance it. We've been doing that here, you and I, all of us, the American people now, for almost three months. But what do we do about these corporations? What do we do about these sports leagues? What do we do about our colleges and universities where so much of this has been hatched in advance? This is what you and I are going to talk about. This is what the book is about. And first we lay the predicate. And what's the predicate? Real history, real facts, real knowledge. So we know exactly who and what we're dealing with. And we shall overcome. And I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. 
Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America! I am Mark Levin, by the way. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. I want to thank so many of you for making donations to assist the victims' families, in some case the victims and others who are trying to help in the collapsed building in Surfside, Florida. 150 missing people. Your donations are making a difference. Uh, the Chabad that we are focused on and the work they're doing in that Chabad, that is that that uh, temple, that shul, is right there on the scene, just a few blocks or so away. And so this doesn't go through some bureaucracy in Washington or New York or what have you. And so those of you who have jumped in, I want to thank you. The Levin family's jumped in, of course, and hope others will as well. I also want to thank those of you who have pre-ordered your copies of American Marxism. On the day this book is released, you will be assured of getting a first edition copy. It's almost 40% off on Amazon, so it's a little over 17 bucks. I'm hoping we can use it as, a, as an important document, if you will. So we can rally around the cause, galvanize the entire nation. Not just pockets of the nation, but the entire nation. And each and every one of you can become Paul and Paulette Revere's. I am so blessed to have you in this audience. I am so blessed to have a microphone. I have to pinch myself every now and then. It is a truly great honor to be here. And I have nothing but respect for you. And I always will and always do treat you with respect. I will never scam you. I will never write books that are pointless, that are filled with nonsense, that are self-promoting. Every one of these books takes really a smart person to digest. And you digest them all. American Marxism is unique among the books that I've written. The other books have raised alarms and concerns. But this is in real time today, ladies and gentlemen. We tried very, very hard at the publisher and me and the printing company and so forth to get this book out as early as we could. I wanted it out several weeks ago. But there wasn't any physical and mechanical way to get it done that fast. Nonetheless, it was put on a fast track. This book was handed in in April. And to be published three months later and wind up on your book steps, excuse me, on your stairs, in your home steps, your front door, is quite a remarkable feat given that it's not the only book that publishers publish, and it's not the only book that printing houses print. And uh, right up to the end, 
I tried to update the book, made the edits that I felt I needed to make. This book could have easily been double the size that it is. And I may well write a volume two because I think there's a lot more to say and a lot more topics. But this gets to the heart of the matter. This gets to the heart of the matter. And we will come under attack from friend and foe alike. And that's going to be their problem. Because you and I fight back like no other army. I don't mean armed army. I mean army of of people, thinkers, patriots, red-blooded Americans. Nothing's going to slow us down. Nothing's going to stop us. We're going to do things in a smart way, in a peaceful way, in a legitimate way, but we're going to do them. Whether you work with your hands on an assembly line, steel mill, you're a construction worker, an electrician, a roofer, plumber, handyman, mechanic, Bus driver, taxi driver, Uber, Lynx driver. Whether you live in the rural areas of the country, you're a farmer and a rancher, or just own a little business. Whether you're one of those who work for a big corporation or a mid-side corporation. Maybe you're an entrepreneur. Maybe you're in college or high school. And maybe you're one of those great teachers. Patriots. It doesn't take the orders of the NEA and the AFT and these other diabolical organizations. Maybe you own a restaurant. Maybe you work at a restaurant. Maybe you're a janitor. Maybe you're a fifth generation American. Maybe you're a first generation American. Maybe you're Christian or Jewish or Islam or Muslim or Buddhist or nothing. Maybe you're one of the many shades of colors, skin color, that we have in America like no other place on the face of the earth. Whoever you are, whatever your ancestry, Whatever your background. Welcome to the cause of liberty. Welcome to the cause of the civil society. Welcome to the cause of unalienable rights. Welcome to the cause of America. We are bigger and stronger and smarter than our opponents. They may control the media, and they may control entertainment. They may control the bureaucracy. They may control the Department of Justice, so-called. But they don't control us, not our minds, not our freedom. They don't control us. Oh, they like to bully us, They'd like to tell us whether or not we have 
rights under the Bill of Rights, whether it's freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, whether it's the right to bear arms, whether it's due process rights. Oh, they like to tell us that our rights are de minimis when you look at their bigger cause, of course. Oh, they like to tell us a lot. They like to bully us and tell us, maybe you earn a little bit too much more money. And so we want to take half of it. Because we got a lot of good causes, particularly our own causes in the Democrat Party, to promote. We want to subsidize our base. We want to grow our base. And we want to do it with your money. Maybe you get up at 6 in the morning and you get home 7, 8, 9 at night. You work hard for what you have. Only to have Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer... Nancy Pelosi and their ilk tell you you have too much. However much you have. There's somebody who has less. And it doesn't matter if that somebody who has less works not as hard as you do. Works not at all. Didn't work to get good grades in school. Doesn't matter. You owe them. You owe them for a myriad of reasons. But most of all because they formed the Democrat Party base. And if you object, you're a racist. No matter what your race is, no matter what your religion is, if any, no matter who you are, if you don't throw in with them, then obviously you're to be degraded as a human being, dehumanized. You and your family and your ancestry are meaningless. You're to be crushed, dismissed. That's what's going on. The men and women who fight for this country, the men and women who fight for this country, these great patriots of ours, are supported less the people who are illegal aliens and step one foot into our country before contributing a damn thing. So the United States military doesn't get the funding it needs. And why should it? All it wants to do is defend us. And we have so-called generals. I say so-called generals because they're generals and there are generals. You could ask Abraham Lincoln if he were alive today. Between great generals and the rest. But we don't have great generals at the top of the pyramid right now. We have politicians in military robe. Not all, but too damn many of them. The head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff doesn't even understand that critical race theory is a Marxist theory. The head of our Navy doesn't even understand that critical race theory is a Marxist theory. And they embrace it. And Xi in China laughs. Thinks this is fantastic. He thinks of the collapse of Athens. He thinks of the collapse of Rome. And he's certain about the collapse of the United States of America. And the rise of the communist Chinese. He doesn't look a hundred years from now. He looks a thousand years from now. Joe Biden can't even look to tomorrow. He doesn't even know the date of the calendar tomorrow. 
as these American Marxists weaken us from within, poison us from within, balkanize us from within, seek to shred our constitution and our economic system, turn one race of people against another, one religion against another, one American against another, red-blooded Americans all. The enemy overseas plots and is on the move. Iran, the Taliban, the red communist Chinese, Putin, they're on the move. And we regress. And so having watched all this and seen all this and much, much, much more over the course of the last several years, that's why I sat down and wrote American Marxism. What can I do? A mere radio host, a mere television host, a mere author. What can I do? I have to do something. And so this is what I did. This is the product of what I did, American Marxism. I hope it's just the beginning and not the end. It's not enough to sell a lot of books. I want people to read it and to share it and to discuss it because it contains information not manufactured by me individuals so-called scholars essays references to books and other documents that they that is the American Marxist have written what they want to do to our society what they are doing to our society Hence, almost 500 endnotes. I don't believe it'll be a labor to read this book. No, I don't. But you should take your time, and I'll take my time with you. And I want to strongly encourage those of you who have not yet pre-ordered your copies to please do so. You know, when Men in Black came out, my very first book, it immediately jumped to the New York Times list. It was headed for number one. But one thing happened, Mr. Producer. We ran out of books. For two and a half long weeks, we ran out of books. We never quite recovered. I don't want to run out of books this time. And I want all of you who want to have that book in hand to make sure you get it. And the best way to do that is to pre-order. Now, you've heard me talk about this. but Oh, there he goes again. There is no there he goes again. Some people, and I'm not picking on anybody, write books that have absolutely nothing to do with what they do on radio or TV or what they do on the stage or whatever their profession is. Everything I write, except one book, Rescuing Sprite, all the others relate to the mission behind this microphone. As I told you, I'm an activist. This is about mission. And we need to do something about this. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. is a former college and professional basketball player. He's also an ESPN commentator. And he may well be a bigot. Let's take a listen to Jalen Rose. Cut eight, go. I'm excited about the roster and I... Let, let, me, let me say, it's the Olympic basketball team, the United States team. Let's start at the top. Go ahead. I'm excited about the roster, and I assume and I know we're going to win the gold. But I'm disappointed in something. As I do this show every day, I do it in front of a picture of Tommy Smith and John Carlos raising their fists at the Olympics. I also know the favoritism that Christian Leitner was shown when he got a chance to be put on the dream team ahead of Shaq and Alonzo. But they made it so that a college player could even get on and gave him favoritism. But this level of, and I got a word for it, Kevin Love is on the team because of tokenism. Don't be scared to make an all-black team representing the United States of America. I'm disappointed by that. Anybody that watched the league this year knows Kevin Love did not have a stellar season, was not the best player on his team, and did not necessarily deserve to be on this squad. And I'm not going to take him off the squad and not put somebody else on it. I'm going to tell you whose spot that should be. That should be a young man that was born in the Bahamas, that is a McDonald's All-American, played in high school and college in Phoenix, Arizona. DeAndre Ayton should have Kevin Love's spot. And I'm disappointed in Team USA for not having the courage to send an all-black team to the Olympics. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So one white guy, it's tokenism. Who talks like this? The shoe on the other foot. You think that would be tolerated for a minute? So let's be abundantly clear. So even the miscreants, malcontents, and lying scum at Media Matters can understand. Racism only cuts one way, apparently, in this country. And Jalen Rose, a guy I used to like. Now I despise him with all the other bigots out there. I'll be right back. Mark 
Levin, America's think tank. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. Jalen Rose also is an idiot on top of everything else. This from the Daily Mail. Former NBA star Jalen Rose says U.S. should have sent all black team to Olympics. Calls inclusion of single white player Kevin Love tokenism. And says Bahamian DeAndre Ayton would have made a better pick. Now, they go on. Love and 11 African-American NBA players will be vying for the country's fourth consecutive gold medal in men's basketball at the Toyota Games next month. Several top names have opted out of the tournament, such as LeBron James and James Harden. The roster still includes a former Olympians, including Love, who won the gold in 2012, he and his team. Now, the 32-year-old Love did struggle with nagging injuries for the 20. 20- two and 50 Cleveland Cavaliers this season. What's worth, he scored just 12.2 points a game, his lowest mark since his rookie year. Spokespeople for ESPN did not respond to DailyMail.com's request for comment. A USA basketball spokesman confirmed that Aiden was not eligible to be considered for the games because he's a citizen of the Bahamas. Rose's assertion that Team USA was scared to field an all-black team is not supported by recent history. The fact is that four of the last five U.S. men's Olympic basketball squads were comprised entirely of African Americans. In fact, Love is Team USA's only white player to suit up in the Olympics since John Stockton in 1996. So really, Rose is just upset that this pattern doesn't continue. And the man he recommended to replace, Love, is not even eligible to play on the United States Olympic team. Although he went to high school in California and Arizona, Aiton was born in Nassau, the capital of the Bahamas, and even played on the world team against America in the NBA Rising Stars Challenge during All-Star Weekend in 2019. That should be a young man that was born in the Bahamas, Rose said, of Aiton, Seemingly oblivious to his ineligibility. Well, ESPN is a little weak on its hosts. Particularly intelligent ones. Aiton could be eligible in 2024 if he became a U.S. citizen, but it's unclear if he has any plans to do so. And they go on and on in the weeds, endless stupidity to discuss what a stupid man's stupid remarks are. Tokenism. Now imagine if you're Kevin Love. Imagine how you feel with a comment like that. Hmm? Now, of course, only white people can be part of tokenism. Is that right? I'm just wondering. I, I, we need to know the rules. Maybe, maybe uh, Rose and some of the other uh, geniuses can put a whole booklet together and give us our guidelines. We know now at Brandeis they have words that they're supposed to use and not supposed to use and all this sort of thing. Maybe, maybe the genius uh, Jalen Rose, after he finishes uh, uh, understanding who can and cannot be on the U.S. Olympics team, uh, maybe he can put together a booklet for us and help us with this. Who's a token? Who can be a token? 
And when is it racist to use the word token? Maybe they'll help us over at Media Matters, the criminal front group over there. Who knows? Maybe not. Now, uh, you know, the insanity is just beyond belief, quite frankly. The insanity is beyond belief. You have this Secretary of Education. His name is Miguel Cordona. He's like the most radical guy they could pick because that's, I think that's what happened with the uh, Biden sycophants who were surrounding him. Let's have a list of nut jobs and we'll pick the nuttiest of the nut jobs because that seems the way they populated their administration. And he's at this House Education and Labor Committee yesterday. And he's asked a perfectly legitimate question, but he gets very angry. Cut 14, go. Your department recently released this resource for students and families called Confronting Anti-LGBTQI Plus Harassment in Schools. This document gives an example of harassment, which is a teacher telling students that there are only two genders, boys and girls. Now, let's stop. See, this is a biological fact. And the ideologues on the left and the Democrat Party say follow the science. They never follow the science. They didn't follow the science when it came to the coronavirus. They followed their Pied Piper by the name of Fauci. When it comes to abortion, you know, just telling you a fact, we can actually see the baby in the womb. No, no, you don't understand. It's a fetus. It's just tissue. No, no, no. I see eyes. I see fingers. I see toes. I see blinking. I see a little bit. No, no, no. You don't understand. We treat babies in the womb worse than we treat any animal. And you see, this is what the left does. They dehumanize. Oh, you're a white racist. You're not a human being. What are you talking about? Sorry. I'm not a racist. No, but you're white. So you've You've got that pedigree. There's nothing we can do for you. Books and books and books. Millions and millions sold. Training teachers. Promoting in our classrooms. No, you don't understand. There's nothing you can do about it. You're a racist pig. That's just the way it is. Well, nobody's going to take that sitting down. Not even the most mild and passive sort. People don't like being treated like that. Nobody, regardless of race. But they don't follow the science. Well, I don't know about you, Mr. Producer, but when I was in school, and it wasn't elementary school, I think it was well into junior high, we used to call it, they taught us the anatomy. And they had two charts, if you will. There was a male and there was a female. Now, they didn't talk about sexual relations at all. But they did show the male's anatomy and the female's anatomy. Now, it wasn't LBGTQI+. It was male and female. Now, we have a whole civil rights movement built around LGBTQI+. I don't know what it all means, but apparently that's, that's... People are being discriminated against. Well, why? I don't even know why. If you're transgender, well, how are you being discriminated against? Are there laws that prevent you from getting jobs? I don't, I don't quite understand. I'm being honest. Now, all that said, 
So if you actually stand up and say, hey, look, there's two genders. You're now under attack. And your children are being taught that there's more than two genders. You see, this is not just the white dominant society. For the Marxist elements within this movement, of which there are many, this is the white, Christian, straight, dominant society that has constructed this social contract and this moral model. And those who are left out are now victims. They are oppressed. And therefore... Your children need to be taught about all the varieties and options and so forth that are in existence out there. And this is now a civil rights cause. Go ahead. Penalizing teachers for stating a genetic and biological fact about genders. Can you please clarify for the committee how many genders there are? So I I know what you're asking, but I'm going to get to the root of what you're asking. I feel very strongly that as educators, we are, it's our responsibility to protect all students. You you used as an example. All right, stop. Nobody's saying you shouldn't protect all students. If students are being discriminated against or abused, protect them. That has nothing to do with indoctrination and brainwashing. Nothing. And I don't leave it to teachers and to teachers' unions and to school boards and administrators to teach any of this stuff. I don't trust them. They're intellectually dishonest. They're pushing agendas. This is what we've learned in the last 18 to 24 months. Your kid's gone from one class where there's critical race theory, going to another class where there's transgenderism. Then he goes, or she goes, or it goes to another class where they're being taught about the evils of capitalism and the, and the, and the founding fathers. And I mean, where the, where, when did they get to learn arithmetic? Just leave the kids alone, for God's sakes. We're not paying for Democrat Party, Marxist, indoctrination, camps and facilities. Go ahead. Harassment, a teacher who stated there are only two genders, male and female. That's a genetic and biological fact. That is an example you are under your leadership that you are putting out to people. How many genders are there? How would you uh, respond to a student who uh, is non-binary in your classroom? But how many genders are there? Will you please stay? I won't be answering your question. You can continue the line of questioning. See that? Because he can't, and he won't. Facebook has, they say there's 58 varieties. That's more than Baskin and Robbins are supposed to produce. How do you respond to a student who's non-binary in your classroom? Well, does the student announce that they're non-binary? That's number one. And number two, if they do, you say, okay, we understand. We're talking about how old? Eight-year-olds saying they're non-binary, Mr. Bidus? What, what, what age student are we talking about? First of all, and how come this problem didn't arise two years ago, five years ago? Oh, it did, Mark. It was just suppressed. Oh, okay. I see. Well, we're good in this country. It's suppressing, repressing, oppressing. Yeah, that's all we do in this country. It's horrible. 
Now, Iran, where we're trying to make a deal and give them hundreds of billions of dollars, you talk like this and they'll hang you at the end of a uh, telephone pole. But hey, hey, I'll be right back. in. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Kamala Harris went to the border today. She just went to the wrong border. She went to El Paso. Went to the wrong border town. But of course, she and the White House have worked all this out. She went there, according to her and to Pasaki, because El Paso's where Donald Trump's horrific policies were instituted first, you see. That's why she went to El Paso and not McAllen, Texas. These people lie for a living. When they don't lie, it's truly a rarity. Kamala Harris didn't go to the border to find out what was going on. Kamala Harris didn't go to the border to see anything that might influence her views on what's going on on the border. Kamala Harris didn't go to the border to do a damn thing. Joe Biden's not there either. Now she can say she went to the border. And they think we're stupid. They think we're going to buy this. Well, their base is stupid. They'll think that's great. See, she went. She said she going. She went. And where are MSLSD and the Constipated News Network? Where are the New York slimes and the Washington Compost? Where are all the reporters and hosts for CBS and NBC and ABC? Where are all the morning shows? Good morning, America. The Today Show. Boy, who came up with that title? I have an idea what. Let's call it the Today Show. Hey, pretty good there. Um, Michael Strahan. His buddy Barack Obama, they didn't go down to McAllen, Texas to see what's going on. They're not going to. Because it's horrific. Maybe Mediaite will go down there, send some of its prebubescent copy editors down there. Maybe Media Matters will go there, send some of its comrades and its 
and its insane staff down there to check it out. No, they're not going to do that. They would destroy the narrative that they're propagating. Can't do that. No, no, no. The harsh environment and reality of what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris has done to that border would horrify every American and everybody south of the border if the media would spend as much attention on that as they do critical race theory. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Let's diverge a little bit. Those of you who have stayed with the program, those of you who are joining us now, I want to thank you. Final hour of the program. One of the areas that we're going to spend much more time on than we have thus far, than most people seem to, is the fanaticism that surrounds so-called climate change and the Green New Deal and what that really is. And I haven't given you much of a flavor of what's in American Marxism on this, and yet it's one of the longest chapters in the book. So I thought we'd have a little bit of fun and touch on it, because this is an attack on your lifestyle, your livelihood, your ability to survive when people are going after your, your income and your private property and going after you economically. And that's what American Marxists like Bernie Sanders are all about. In your name, they'll create all kinds of programs. They'll call it infrastructure, affordable housing, home care for the age, child care, and climate change. But it all means you have to surrender things like liberty and your money and your property. You have to join the commune, part of the communal. And I put in the book, given the movement's Marxist inculcation, it is unsurprising that it intersects with the growing influence of critical race theory and other such manifestations, which is what they do, environmental justice, and so forth, and we'll learn more about that as time goes on. The, I want to introduce you to something that occurred in July 18, 2014, seven short years ago. And on that date, a large number of delegates from radical groups throughout the world gathered to issue a joint proclamation called the Margarita Declaration on Climate Change. It's revealing that their proclamation leads with a quote from Venezuela's late Marxist dictator Hugo Chavez, quote, Let us go to the future. Let us bring it and sow it here. Now, of course, thanks to Chavez and his successor, Nicolas Maduro, the Venezuelan economy and society are devastated. 
people are dying of starvation and seeking refuge in the United States and other countries. There's a complete breakdown in health care and basic public services, and the government is a violent police state that represses any and all dissident voices. Indeed, the proclamation reads like a modern version of Marx's Communist Manifesto, laced with environmental declarations and platitudes. While it is insipid and absurd on so many levels, it is also dangerously appealing and increasingly acceptable as a matter of national and international policy. The declaration starts this way. It is necessary to reach an alternative development model based on the principles of living in harmony with nature, guided by absolute and ecological sustainability limits, and the capacity of Mother Earth as well. A fair, egalitarian model that constructs sustainable economies that moves us away from energy models based on fossil fuels and hazardous energies, that guarantees and recognizes the respect to Mother Earth, the rights of women, children, adolescents, gender diversity, the impoverished, the vulnerable minority groups, and the original indigenous peoples. A fair and egalitarian model that fosters the peaceful coexistence of our peoples. We likewise want a society where the right of Mother Earth prevails over neoliberal policies, economic globalization, and patriarchy, because without Mother Earth, life does not exist. We couldn't destroy Mother Earth if we wanted to. Mother Earth one day is going to destroy us. First of all, it's not a mother. It's a planet. And I say nothing says bombast and narcissism like a gathering of self-righteous Marxists working together to construct a statement of purpose to include every possible group and cause in their coalition and to treat so-called Mother Earth as if she's some kind of wallflower or victim. The result... An incoherent and nonsensical mission statement. Nonetheless, the movement is for real. And it threatens our way of life. Now the declaration continues. The main sources for climate crisis are the political and economic systems commercializing and reifying nature and life. Thus impoverishing spirituality and imposing consumerism and developmentalism that generate unequal regimes and exploitation of resources. This global crisis is exacerbated by unsustainable practices of exploitation and consumption by the developed countries and the elites of the developing countries. We demand the leaders in the North not continue such wicked practices that destroy the planet and demand the leaders in the South not follow the development models in place in the North which lead to this civilizing crisis. We urge them to construct an alternative path to achieve fair, egalitarian, and sustainable societies and fair economies. For such purposes, it's required that the developed countries meet their moral and legal obligations, especially vis-a-vis vulnerable and marginalized countries and communities, by lifting barriers such as intellectual property rights, which prevent the attainment of the preservation of life over the planet and the salvation of the human species. We likewise urge them to comply with the financial contribution and the transfer of safe and locally suitable technologies free from barriers such as intellectual property rights, strengthen uh, capacities and embrace the principles set forth in the Climate Change Convention and in Rio Earth Summit, especially as to the common but differentiated responsibilities and respective capabilities and the principles of precaution and gender equality. 
rambling buffoonism. I'm reminded of what Thomas Sowell wrote in his book, The Quest for Cosmic Justice. I'm reading from American Marxism. About such widely overstated, generalized, and untested visions. It says Lenin represented one of the purest examples of a man who operated on the basis of a vision and its categories, which superseded the world of flesh and blood human beings or the, red, or the realities within which they lived out their lives. Only tactically or strategically did the nature of the world beyond the vision matter as a means to the end of fulfilling that vision. Lenin's preoccupation with, the vision, with, uh, with visions was demonstrated not only by his failure to enter the world of the working class, in whose name he spoke, but also his failure to ever set foot in the Soviet Central Asia, a vast area larger than Western Europe, and one in which the doctrinaire and devastating schemes of Lenin and his successors would be imposed by force for nearly three-quarters of a century. It's like Joe Biden not going to the southern border to see what he's done. Very Leninist, if you ask me. So last that visions are inescapable, because the limits of our own direct knowledge are inescapable. The crucial question is whether visions provide a basis for theories to be tested, or for dogmas to be proclaimed and imposed. Much of the history of the 20th century has been a history of the tyranny of vision as dogmas. Previous centuries saw the despotism of monarchs or of military conquerors, but the 20th century has seen the use of ruling individuals and parties whose passport to power was their successful marketing of visions. Almost by definition, this was the marketing of the promises of visions since performance could not be judged before achieving the power to put the vision into action. And now I say, as if leading an international Marxist revolution, the radicals at this convention went on to demand the change, the production and consumption patterns, taking into account the historic responsibilities of emissions from nations and corporations and their cumulative nature, thus recognizing that the carbon atmosphere space is finite and needs to be equally distributed amongst the countries and their people. You go on. International communism. That's seven years ago. Many of the organizations in the United States today who have the ear of this administration attended or had delegates who attended this event. I get into this more detail, but not just that event. The so-called iconic scholars in this field and what they have to say. They have a whole lot to say. One of them goes on to say that the whole notion of a nation state is repugnant. We don't need nation states. We're one people of the world. He's considered iconic. We have others who say we must limit that materialism that developed countries enjoy. And we must move it back, say, 30 years to consumption levels of 30 years. And I want you to think about that. Population has massively increased. So if we move back consumption levels to 30 years ago, you're going to have mass impoverishment and mass starvation. And how exactly do you do that? By taking people's property and money? So this is an ideology that is dressed up in polar bears to hide the iron fist. 
This is, in addition to the other Marxist-spawned American Marxist movements, a grave threat to our existence. And the Biden administration has embraced a vast part of it. And so when they talk about massive taxation and redistribution of wealth and all these programs they want to create, which are basically wash-throughs for taking money out of your hands, out of the private sector, giving it to the government to create all these entities and bureaucracies and so forth, same outcomes. That's the bottom line. They don't care if any of these programs work. We just spent trillions of dollars. We were just told $400 billion went to criminals, international criminals. They don't even blink on Capitol Hill. They don't even blink in the media. They don't even blink in the White House. Bernie Sanders on CNN today says the infrastructure deal didn't include affordable housing, home care for the aged, child care, climate change. In other words, every single thing that a nation needs to do or wants to do, whether it's with the military, whether it's with actual physical infrastructure and so forth, must be tied to the Bernie Sanders Marxist agenda. Let's listen exactly what he had to say on CNN today. Cut 11, go. So what we have got to do is now invest in making sure that we have affordable housing in this country, that we have home health care for an aging population, that we're able to expand Medicare so that we finally can cover dental care and hearing aids uh, and eyeglasses, that we deal with the crisis in child care where so many families, working families, cannot afford uh, child care, and that in addition to all of that, it's absolutely imperative that we deal with the, I, I would say, existential threat to this planet of climate change. Well, there you go. And, now, you see, all of this empowers the government, the bureaucracy, and the Democrat Party. That's what it does. Now, you can put fancy labels on this stuff. You can pull at heartstrings through this stuff. But the best way to take care of most people in this country is through free market capitalism. Not through a massive increase in the welfare state that's already been massively increased. Why we think there's competency in the federal and state bureaucracies, I'll never know. I'll never know. Because there's not. So we have so many wonderful things that take place as a result of the private sector. Nobody ever talks about them. Now, Bernie Sanders had his way. Listen up, reprobates over at Media Matters. We'd be North Korea. There wouldn't be a private sector left of any meaningful size or type. He wants to spend another six or so trillion dollars. And he's telling you every single thing the government needs to create and be involved in, whether it's dental care and eyeglasses. They're destroying Medicare with Obamacare, but he wants to expand Medicare coverage. Well, how do you do that? Free dental care, free hearing aids, free eyeglasses. Well, how are you going to pay all these people who actually have to get degrees, actually have to go into these retail stores, or actually have to provide all these uh, services and goods? And so how does that work? You just throw around labels. We need dental care and hearing aids and eyeglasses and this and that and the other. You know, in the old days, we used to say, why don't you get a job and work? 
He can get some benefits with a lot of employers. He can put money aside and purchase things. Says here, uh, and the existential threat, of course, is climate change. Well, if that's the existential threat, then we're dead. We have no control over the climate. None. All the headbangers and dead-enders and flat-earthers out there who make up this cabal, they can't do a damn thing about changes in the climate. They can pass as many laws as they want, but as usual, whether it's the Second Amendment or anything else, they want to pass laws to control you. And ultimately, that's what they would do. The number of cars you have, rationing of energy, that's what it would come down to. We know, because that's the way it worked in totalitarian states. They get to decide how big your homes are and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's frightening. And this does not receive enough enough focus and attention, but it will in the book. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. minute but let's go to jim orlando florida the the great wsky our great affiliate jim go right ahead please yes sir mr levin nothing but respect you are probably the greatest constitutional scholar of the land you and john eastman well eastman i really respect you thank you uh and i just want to say i want you to thank your wife yeah. For all of us American first patriots, she's such a patriot for the time she spent. I you want know to what? Her. She is a fantastic patriot. Believe it or not, she's got more energy than I do, and she keeps me at it. I'll tell you what. Ball energy. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Many of you have seen my wife, Julie, at the various CPAC events and so forth. She's great, isn't she? I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. 
More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Now, Brandeis, left-wing kook organization, uh, institution, th- this is the problem with these universities. You know this is like eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 to go to this school a year, Mr. Producer? You have to be out of your mind, or a left-wing kook. But don't worry, it's money well spent. The rule of thumb... Where is this from? I can't even tell what uh, source. Oh, the New York Post. Sorry, New York Post. The rule of thumb at this ultra-woke college is don't say rule of thumb. Students and faculty at Brandeis University are being urged to stop using words and phrases like picnic. What's wrong with picnic? Seriously, what the, what's the problem with that? Trigger warning. You remember a couple of years ago a guy called me from Dallas, Mr. Producer, and he was mad at me. He said, you're triggering me. And I never heard of the phrase. I said, what the hell is your prayer? You're triggering me. I said, oh, screw off. Can you use screw off, Mr. Bidu? I don't know. Don't even use the words rule of thumb because of what a campus counseling service calls their links to violence and power to reinforce systems of oppression. These are not institutions of higher learning. These are insane asylums. A compendium of Potentially oppressive language, quote-unquote, posted on the school's website by its Prevention, Advocacy, and Resource Center, also lists loads of examples of gender exclusion, ableists, I have no idea, the culturally appropriate terminology that can get in the way of meaningful dialogue. How about like F off? Is that allowed still, Mr. Producer? The oppressive language list, quote-unquote, that's what they call it, First reported by Campus Reform, there's a terrific group, was developed recently as part of the PARC's response to anti-blackness program. So rule of thumb has something to do with racism? Oh my lord, this is getting sicker by the second. And it's always growing based on suggestions from the community, according to a webpage titled, Holding Ourselves Accountable. You know what this is? Mental pornography. As a community, we can strive to remove language that may hurt those who have experienced violence from our everyday use. All right, I want to ask, anybody experience violence as a result of the phrase rule of thumb? Picnic? Trigger warning? I think the word Brandeis uh, should be banned because it gives me a headache, Mr. Producer. These recommendations for more neutral language are brought forth by students who've been subject to violence 
who have worked with others who are healing from violence, as well as, what does picnic have to do with violence? As well as students who have sought out advanced training in intervening in potentially violent situations. As I say, the word Brandeis causes me really to get pissed off. According to the oppressive language list, the word picnic has been associated with lynchings of black people in the United States. Did you know that, anybody? Picnic? During which white spectators were said to have watched while eating. What does that have to do with picnic? Oh, my Lord. What else? Every day brings a new form of insanity. Another institution bites the dust. A suggested alternative to picnic is outdoor eating. Well, that's clever. So when people were watching lynchings, Mr. Producer, weren't they outdoor eating if they were picnicking? I I, I mean, rule of thumb can be replaced with general rule because the former allegedly comes from an old British law allowing men to beat their wives with sticks no wider than their thumb. Oh, oh, okay. Rule of thumb. And when it comes to trigger warning, an alert that spoken, written, or recorded material may be alarming to certain people based on their experiences. Possible alternatives include content note. Content note? The word trigger has connections to guns for many people. We can't have that. Now... Elise Stefanik, the number three Republican in the House, who's co-sponsoring a bill called the Campus Free Speech and Restoration Act, all-out assault on our First Amendment, an example of the far-left cancel culture happening in our schools. Boy, is she right. Boy, is she right. Now they're weaponizing words like picnic and policeman, listing them as oppressive. Former uh, Cooney trustee, you know, the word C-U-N-Y should be banned, Mr. Producer. I don't like the way it sounds. Jeff Weisenfeld called the list idiocy, lunacy, and a disgrace. We're not talking about the N-word here, he said. It's a tyranny of the less minority to instill fear in people. If you take it to the extreme, you end up with tyranny. And Weisenfeld, the son of Holocaust survivors, added... It's hurtful that this is happening at Brandeis. Louis Brandeis was one of the first Jewish Supreme Court justices. He would be appalled by this. Uh-oh. Then we need to ban Louis Brandeis. You know why, Mr. Producer? The word Jewish, and in fact the existence of Jews, really upset certain elements on our planet. Did you know that? Now, the oppressive language list surfaced just weeks after a Brandeis administrator was revealed to have said on social media that, quote, all white people are racist in that all white people have been conditioned in society where one's racial identity determines life experiences and outcomes and whiteness is the norm and default. Well, first of all, he's or she is illiterate. They don't know how to write a sentence without a run on sentence. That's number one. I don't know. The word picnic seems less offensive to me than what this jackass said. Oh. That includes me, added Kate Slater, assistant dean of graduate student affairs. See, I'm a racist too. Well, then fire yourself, you idiot. And maybe go have a picnic. Brandeis is located just outside of Boston. Congratulations, Massachusetts. 
They enrolled 3,500 undergraduates and 2,000 graduate students last year, according to their website. Well, that's 5,500 brains that will be destroyed. It says here that, uh, I'm trying to read with one eye here, the cost nearly 60000 a year, sorry. Oh, wait, room and board, an additional 16450 By my calculation, that's 76450 a year, and it's well worth it. Well worth it. In a prepared statement, a Brandeis spokesperson, now I'm offended by this word spokesperson, Mr. Producer. This word spokesperson, her name is Julie Jett. Julie Jett, a.k.a. J.J. Julie Jett is not a spokesperson, and the New York Post needs to get this straight. She is a birthing person. Use the language. A Brandeis birthing person. Am I behind on something? Am I okay? We're all right. All right. Anyway, uh, the lunacy, the idiocy of the insane asylums we used to call universities and colleges uh, proceeds. We'll be right back. Mark AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. raised $868,000, $68,000 since we mentioned it in the first hour of the program. They're about $130,000 short of their goal of $1 million, and I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that this grand, fantastic, magnificent audience will get them to where they need to be. And you can check out their site. Just go to my parlor site. At Mark Levin Show Parlor, at Mark Levin Show Parlor. We have a link, a direct link to the site uh, where you can donate even a small amount of money. There's 150 people missing, ladies and gentlemen. And these first responders are working morning, noon, and night. And these families are just torn to pieces. And we want to do what we can to help them. Uh, and uh, so anything we can do. Those of you who can do it, I hope you will. Also, I have failed to mention, we have a fantastic Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you can't watch it live, I hope you'll DVR it. But it's always fun to watch it live. Our first guest is the governor of Florida. Speaking of Surfside, Florida, you know him, Ron DeSantis. And our second guest is Senator Tom Cotton. It is a powerful, powerful double-punch program. And, of course, me. So I hope you'll watch it. 
Here we are. Every Friday, America, in honor of you. is officially here. The week is officially over. Please join us this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, a killer show. You're going to love it on Fox. Also, please jump in. We can use your help and support. Go to Amazon, American Marxism. It's almost 40% off. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey and Griffey and Pepsi and Zelda and Smokey and Gigi and my little Barney. 
And good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. And America, we're here to stay. And I'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend.